On Monday, August 8th, Tall Can Audio hits 1,000 episodes. Wait, that's still on? Who could possibly still care? And the gang is all here to celebrate. It's euphoric. It's got to be close to Nirvana. It's outstanding. For the first time ever, Maddie, Michaela, Rob, and Matt are all live in studio together. It's happening, you guys! It's happening! Oh my god! Oh my god! I wish you all were here! Is this likely to go well? Just check my notes here. No! At least it will make a lot of noise. Boom. Here comes the boom. A thousand pods and a thousand pints. I don't think I've ever been as proud in my entire life. TCA 1000 drops Monday, August 8th, wherever you find low-quality podcasts. Fuck, it's out of control. Shit. You're listening to Tall Can Audio, Canada's number one craft beer-fueled sports show. I will give you a show like you have never, ever seen before. Why? Because I can. Here's your host. No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 Matt Robinson. What's happening, everybody? Welcome inside an all-new episode of the Tall Can Audio Podcast. My name's Matt Robinson, outside of the uh, TCA studio in beautiful Bytown, Canada. We're once again on uh, Amy Burke's crumbling back patio. Um, I don't know, this one's kind of weird. I'm introducing Amy after Amy introduced me. How's it going? I'm good. That's not a bad intro, though. Yeah. You like the voice uh, The voice girl? She did the voice okay. ain't bad, yeah. but... um. No, it's, it sounds really good. <laughs> and yes, my backyard is crumbling. It's just this, this patio. Just, it needs a little work. That's all. We're not here to critique too much. That's okay. Um, things are good? Yeah. No, I don't have uh, many complaints. Okay. Other than I'm a little hot at the moment. Yeah. And we're sitting here. Did you see any of the pictures online last night? Anything with the red moon and, you know, the smoke filled? Uh, oh, the sun. Yeah. Yes, the sun was actually quite nice. Um well, I took a gamble. It looked pretty, but I don't think it's good. <laughs> no, um, I took a gamble and uh, zoomed in on it. Yeah. And um, man, it was orange. Yeah. Tyler said if I did that on a non-smoggy day, I would have totally broke my phone. Oh, but, really? Uh, oh, yeah. I did like a, because my phone's fancy and I did a oh, hundred yeah. times zoom. Oh, okay. Oh, it's, it's swell looking. Yeah. No, it's, it's pretty, but uh, it's, it's small and it's, we have it here too. It's supposed to, to disappear. So we've chosen a nice day to be outside. In the, uh, <laughs> Special the bad. weather advisory. Yeah. But uh, it's worse down in Toronto and then we got something like 170 out of control wildfires here burning around the province. So uh, not good. Uh, the, uh, the climate emergency has arrived. I'm not sure it's still as far down the road as, as people want to believe, but that's okay. We'll talk about, uh, we can talk about that some other time, Amy. Um, we have a beer here today that I'm very excited to try. And uh, it arrived about a week ago, and I haven't tried it. I was saving it for this episode. I was saving it for this guest. Brought one or two for you as well. Um, Amy's finished her training for the day. And, and this is okay. It's just a little indulgence, right? It's just one of these little cans. They're not one of the tall boys. So. Exactly. That's what you have to tell yourself. That's right. And so as you're, uh, as we sit here and, and get ready to, uh, to do this show, this is one that I thought, you know, we're going to talk a lot about... Uh, the Canadianity of it all, right? And and the way uh, you you represent this country and things like that. And who better to help us with that than the tragically hip, Amy? Grace, too. 
You gotta get up there, eh? Ladies. I know, but I don't want to. <laughs> My voice will crack and it'll sound like awful. mine. Yeah. Yes. Um, so the Tragically Hip have released a new beer, their first ever official sanctioned beer. Um, people who've been listening to this show for a while will remember that last year uh, they launched. Uh, they got into some some legal disputes with a brewery um, that had uh, called a beer the Hundredth Meridian with um, no assistance from the band, no copyright sign off, no nothing. Uh, they were clearly um, driving at the idea that uh, this was a tragically hip-sanctioned thing, but the band had nothing to do with it. So this is one that the band has actually signed off on, working with the uh, the Big Rock Brewery. Have you guys have you ever tried any uh, Big Rock stuff? I'm going to go with I did. Yeah. Um, the Big Rock Traditional. It has a rooster on their can. Yeah. So and not anymore actually. Oh. Um, so I used Don't to always lie just, to the audience. Yeah, it used to. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I used to always call it the rooster beer because I couldn't ever remember what right. it was called. Okay. But now I can't call it that because they don't have a rooster on there. You can they, still call it whatever you want. It just will make yeah, it less know, sense. Yeah, I know, but it would before. make more sense when I'm looking for the rooster beer if it had yes. a rooster on it. <laughs> it's true. But yeah, you can get it at the grocery store, not far from me now. So this is, um, yeah, Big Rock makes a couple things that uh, I've had before that aren't too bad. But this one, um, I was super interested in. Everybody knows, huge hip fan. Uh, you and I have been to a hip show or two together. Over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, this is called Lake Fever, and it's a summer lager. It's supposed to be crisp, and clean, crushable, I believe is the term in the beer world. So uh, looking forward to maybe crushing one or two of these. Um, this a, is... Sorry, go ahead. It's a very pretty can, too. Is it? Yes. Like, it. I'm, I'm, I like it. It's blue and yellow, which, I mean, we're my wedding colors, so clearly I like those. And it's just, it's on a lake. You know, you got some... I want to call it a flamingo, but they're probably going to come back and tell me that's not the case. It's not a rooster. Um, no, it's not a rooster for sure. No. But no, it's um, it's a very swell can. Okay. I like it. Swell can audio. Swell here can. On the, uh... Well, because I mean, I'm all about appearance, right? <laughs> very shallow. It <laughs> is. <laughs> I'm all about appearance. I pick things on how they look. And I would probably pick this out because of the cute can. Your, uh, your reference there to your wedding colors, uh, we should tell people, like, they looked pretty good. Um, in your wedding, but it was uh, for your your fiance at the time, husband now, Tyler, St. Louis Blues fan. So that was the blue and yellow you guys went with. It actually, I was skeptical when you said that's what you were going to do. Turned out really sharp. Yeah, no, I'm. Um, yeah, he didn't have many says. Says. <laughs> he didn't have control on a lot of things, but no, uh, you know, I like blue. I like yellow. Sure, he's a big blues fan. It worked out nicely, and yes, it was, it was beautiful. Sure. Um, Nice. This is uh, this is pretty good um, on first pull. It's it's exactly though what you would expect out of a logger, right? It's going to be a little plain. Um, it's nothing. Oh, crazy. but I like loggers. Yes, mm-hmm. I know. I know that about you. That's why we saved this one for you. We knew Amy might enjoy this one. Uh, also, just the uh, the small size of it. While you're in training here, we're going to talk about your journey to Tokyo coming up uh, and how that's all shaking out. Um, but uh, what do you think on the first pull there? It's good. Yeah. It um. It has a, definitely a crisp to it. Mm-hmm. I'm not very good at describing beers. Um, but no, it has like, um, yeah, it, it reminds me of something. It, it is, as you said. Like it's I just don't a, know what, though. It's clean. It's crisp. It's got no crazy kind of side or after flavors to it or anything. It's no, a lager. And that's, it's exactly what you'd expect. Yeah, right? and that, that, that's what I like. I don't like the aftertaste. Okay. Like where you just get a long, lingering aftertaste with some beers. <laughs> this I find this doesn't give me that, which is nice. Do we still have, I know for the longest time, there was only one 
Um, is there still a tragically hip song in your workout playlist, in your uh, you know warm up playlist, whatever it might be? No, no. Sadly, there's not. We have a team playlist now, and I'm pretty sure it would get vetoed. Yeah, your team has terrible music <laughs> tastes. If we're being honest about it, um, maybe I'll slip one in there. All right, I think you should. I think you should. Um, not Lake Fever, which this is named after. That's a little bit of a slow jam that isn't going to be conducive to. Uh, to getting ready for the games. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, before we do, you can give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Audio. Amy is on Twitter at, uh, at BurkeAmy7. And um, she, once in a blue moon, will post there, uh, retweet there. Something's going on. You'll be able to follow uh, some of her journey there as she gets ready for the Tokyo Paralympic Games. Uh, make sure you're subscribed wherever you're listening right now. Uh, we got more great guests coming up. I think Amy's going to return once more, too, before uh, the games. We'll see if we can squeeze that in. Um, lots of great stuff coming up. So wherever you're listening right now, hit subscribe, hit follow, and, uh, you know, stick around. It's going to be good. Um, wanted to start, Amy, with um, some news that was made on Monday. And um, a young gentleman, born and raised in uh, Edmonton, but playing for the Calgary Hitmen right now. Uh, 19-year-old defenseman by the name of Luke Prokop. And Luke has become the first ever contractually you know, signed to the NHL uh, player to come out and say that he's openly gay. And um, this has never happened in the league before. We just saw a couple of weeks ago Carl Nassib um, in the NFL become the first NFL player to, to make the same statement and come out and... and and say, you know, this is who I am, and I'm done hiding it. I'm not going to pretend I'm somebody else. And I was really kind of blown away, I think, because you're out of your mind, and I'm sure you'd agree with me. You're out of your mind if you think that even currently and over the years, there's never been a gay NHL player before. No, I think think it was basically just people are too... And ashamed is the wrong word because I don't think they should be ashamed, no. but embarrassed or scared. Scared may be the yeah, best scared. one to, to rock the boat, right? We've seen, there's been gay players in every professional sport. They just haven't come out and said so. A couple have in their retirement, right, once they were done. Um, but some of them for their own reasons, some of them for team reasons, some like, you know, I don't want to be a distraction to my teammates. I don't want to carry the load that this might be. Whatever the reasons are. Um, these players have been around before. They've just chosen to keep it private. And that's your right and your choice if that's what you want to do. But I think in a lot of cases it was for, you know, some pretty uncool reasons. And so now you're seeing this. And I think the thing that I started to, to kind of drill down on before I ended off on my little side tangent there was that he's 19 years old. He hasn't played a game in the National Hockey League yet. And I don't know about you, Amy, except I do. Um, but at 19... The last thing in the world I wanted to do was draw attention to myself. To you're you're still an idiot. You're still trying to figure out life. You're still trying to figure out where you fit and where you stand in this world. I don't need the media storm of being the first ever anything in the whole world watching me to talk about my love life and things like that. I can't imagine at 19 years old. No, and I mean, good on him. Yes, like good on him for actually just saying it. Yeah. Like, there's nothing wrong with it. There needs to be more guys that are, you know, more comfortable comfortable mm-hmm. with doing it. And, I mean, like you said, at 19, that's just such a young age to yeah. um, be the, you know, the first of 
something that is so controversial. Yeah. Controversial. <laughs> I can't talk today. Um, or any day, I guess, for that matter. Did but you throw back a couple of these lake fingers before <laughs> we started? No. Or, no okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's just, I mean, it's sad that it's taking this long for people to actually be open and honest. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm, I am glad that we're, we are moving in the right direction. Absolutely. And, you know... He had a conversation, uh, I guess, a while back first with his agent. Well, first he told his sister and his family and friends, and then obviously his agent um, on, you know, how do I handle this? I'm, I'm not going to hide who I am, but what's the most respectful way? Like, how do I not blindside the organization that just drafted me? You know, things like that. I'm going to come out, but how do I do it properly? And so I guess, you know, he had a couple conversations with the management team at the, the Nashville Predators and, and they were extremely supportive and said, you know, we're going to have your back all the way through this. Whatever you want to do is, is completely up to you. Um, we will support you. And he just chose to one day, you know, put it up on his Twitter, on his Instagram and just say, yeah, this is who I am. He put out a statement and um, just incredible, right? And, and so we're not going to spend a ton of time on this, but it was absolutely something noteworthy. It was absolutely something worth pointing out that this kid at 19 is just said, yeah, this is who I am. And I'm coming into the NHL. Hopefully, you know, if I continue my development and, and make it uh, into the, the league, I'm not going to pretend I'm somebody else. Yeah. And no, I love that. Yeah. Like, good for him. Like you, no one should have to pretend to be someone that they're not. So, right. I mean, that's just, you know, there's, there's no reason to not, well, I mean, there are lots of reasons because people <laughs> are dicks, Sure, but I mean, you know, you should, you should be able to, come out publicly with that and not feel ashamed or embarrassed or have people be dicks yeah. towards you. The strength of character is just unreal, right? And you can see it in the replies, you can see it in the quote t- tweets, you can see it where the number of people being supportive and and whatever far, 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 far outnumber that, as you referenced, the dicks, right? The, the couple of people that will always pop up and, and treat you poorly if you're different or a minority of some kind or whatever it might be. Those people are always out there and, and I think that's part of the the courageousness of it, right, is knowing you're going to face that. That's going to be there. But just hoping that the overwhelming majority will will be the opposite of that. And so far, that's been the case. So, ah, it's it's a it's a nice story. It is, and good for him. So, cheers to uh, to Luke Prokop of the uh, the Calgary Hitmen, and and hopefully soon the Nashville Predators. Um, we'll be watching. We'll be cheering. It's gonna be awesome. Amy, we got a bunch of stuff that we could, uh, we could talk about here that I want to ask you about. Let me start here. Um, on Monday morning, the Canadian Olympic Committee announced their flag bears for the opening ceremony, which we talked the last time you were on. We weren't even sure what that was going to look like, whether there would be an opening ceremony. Um, I think we worried a little bit that you couldn't find a quicker way to potentially sideline the games, right? If you gather everyone together at the very beginning when they've all just come off their flights and whatever and put them in one place, it's not a great idea, in my opinion, anyway. Um, But they are going to have an opening ceremony. There won't be any fans, nor will there be fans at any of the events throughout, but there will be, I guess, 10,000, like, accredited, like... um, VIPs. Yeah, and, um, like, even they're going to let some of the volunteers and whatever that are going to be involved in the games anyway. They're going to kind of be in that bubble Anyway, they will have 10,000 of them um, in the stadium to try and create some sort of of atmosphere. And we've seen that across sports, right? Like baseball started with very small uh, crowd limits. Hockey was the same. Like you kind of slowly just pushed a few fans back in. So this will have that at least as a little bit of energy. I'm sure the Japanese government who 
spent you know billions of dollars building this like 70,000 seat stadium aren't thrilled that they can't really use it now um but there will be an opening ceremony and we have selected two flag bearers uh it's Miranda Im of the Canadian women's basketball team and Nathan Hirayama from the men's rugby team and I guess I just want to get your take on it look neither one of us really follow either of those sports so I have no basis to criticize either of these decisions uh, what research I did do what reading I did do seemed like they were both very deserving athletes so I have no beef with the selections the thing that I take issue with Amy is this Canadian thing that we always do where we can't just pick one Ooh, right? I'm gonna hold you on that okay okay so what I've seen mm-hmm. is the Olympic um, IOC is suggesting that country's pick a male and a female. It wasn't a Canadian thing. Okay. Um, it was the IOC because, you know, of gender equality and sure. all of that stuff, you know, um, they're, they're highly recommending that all countries do it. Um, that was something that I read the other day. And okay. um, you're right. Uh, also, I, I mean, I'd never heard of these two. Yeah. Um, and I think that's awesome. Yeah, it's almost better that we haven't heard of oh, them, right? 100%. Like somebody getting recognized, getting their name out there. Yeah, for sure. And, um, you know, uh, this will be... You're going to have to say the girl's name again. Miranda I am. Yeah. So this was her third games. Yeah. Um, the rugby guy, this will be his first because they didn't qualify for yes. the debut for the 2016, but he's been a part of the team for so long. He's a co-captain. And it's just, it's nice to see that it's not, you know, a big name guy like Andre de Grasse or, sure. you know, someone that you have heard of. And you know, as much as I, you know, would agree that he's also deserving, but yes. I like, I like the fact that it's, Right. We, we yeah. always tend to go to, you know, Katrina LeMay-Done or like these people who absolutely are deserving, but are already recognizable household names. Right? Yeah, like, and, you know, Christine Sinclair yes, and Penny exactly. Alexiak. And, All of them totally yeah. legit, totally deserving. But it's kind of neat that here's somebody else getting the spotlight for a while that maybe we don't normally give one to. So. Yeah, I love it. I mean, like, um, I don't ever expect to be a flag bearer. Um, because again, I don't have the medals to back it up to prove it, like, you know, how they normally go about picking someone. But it just, you know, seeing that they, you know, I, or uh, COC did pick two athletes that I never heard of. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, you know, maybe one day there actually is a chance for me to be flag bearer one day. Sure. So, I mean, I thought it was cool. You can be the flag bearer when you get the home. Beer. We'll give you okay. we'll hook you up here on the show. Give me a little flag and yeah. a beer in one hand, and yeah, away we go. Exactly, um, the beer bearer. So <laughs> we'll uh, we'll see how that goes. Maybe after the games, but yeah, I will then. I will step back, but because it did seem very Canadian. Like we do this thing, right? Like even when we hosted in 2010, we picked like four people to light the flame instead well, and of. We had um, Tessa and Scott. See, and again, this is what I was going to bring up. I'm fine with that because they're a team, right? Same with Heather Moise and um, Kaylee Humphreys. Humphreys, Yeah, yeah. You know, they were duels. And so I'm almost fine with that. But then, again, you run into a thing where do you have to, instead of Christine Sinclair, does the entire women's soccer team carry the flag? Like, is it different when it's a duo versus a team versus a one? So in this case, obviously, you pointed out there that this is an initiative they're trying to push forward i'm fine with that i i just i'll I'll step back from that criticism it just at first blush was like oh man like why can't we ever just pick somebody yeah yeah when when i first read it too i was like well you know why are we having two like what's the reasoning behind yeah like either one um, of them would have been fine just pick one yeah so then yeah i went and did some research and it was um uh, we don't do that around here yeah it was the olympic committee (laughs) okay so it didn't say 
athletes. I don't remember it saying Canadian Olympic or International Olympic. It just said Olympic Committee. Okay. Um, is encouraging countries to pick both male and female. So at the same time. Yeah, yeah. For like to have two people. Yeah, like you referenced Tessa and Scott there for the figure skating team. That's a you know a man and a woman because that's how the pairs figure skating <laughs> works, right? And and so I was fine with that when they wanted. They were the story of Sochi and. Uh, even in Vancouver, they were a huge, or not Sochi, uh, where were we just in Korea? Pyeongchang, there. Yeah. So anyway, I kind of cool for those guys. Um, I, I withdraw my criticism of, of us not being able to settle on one name. Um, but the two of them both seem very deserving. And, and I think it's a great point you make that this is a cool way to put a spotlight on some people who maybe uh, don't normally get it. Um, I didn't really think we'd get this far without at least asking the question, how has training been going for you how has preparation been we're seeing across canada things ease back up things are you know ideally becoming a little less restrictive uh, has that made much of an impact on on you and your team's training lately um yeah i mean it's um you know we've been able to get together and and we've had the high performance exemption here in ottawa that we've been able to get some court time um it's still uh, I mean, gyms just opened last week, so um, I'm just continuing to work out from home just because with the kids and everything, it's just a million times easier, and I can just do it all at home, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, there is the downside of not having the trainer, but, I mean, we're a few weeks out, so right now it's not really... At this point. Yeah, you know, we're not... <laughs> you're fit or you're not. <laughs> yeah, we're not, we're, we're not building up the strength movements now, right? It's it's power, and, and we're going to start transitioning into a taper uh program so it's you know i mean as much as trainers are very beneficial mm-hmm. just for right now with the kids and the fact that i have everything at home it's just one of those options i weighed to just stay at home and you have somebody with a couple microphones banging on your door bothering you wasting <laughs> what little time you have we should tell everybody who doesn't follow us on twitter um we were scheduled to do this yesterday and um on monday and we had tweeted out or i had tweeted out that we had this scheduled for uh Monday and we set Tuesday as a backup in case the weather was bad. You know, we're outside. We're still, you know, at this point, we're both double vaccinated and, and I have kind of bubbled with you guys a fair bit throughout this. So we probably could have done it inside, but why not just, you know, you can't get away to the studio cause you got the kids here and why not just be outside? Right. So we set this up with uh, one date and then a backup time and uh, we didn't end up getting rained out on <clears> Monday. <throat> But uh, one of the, the kiddies, <laughs> we, one of the challenges of doing all these, everything you're doing right now from home, sometimes people don't cooperate. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so that, yeah, it wasn't a rain delay. Nope. It was a uh, no napping delay. A cry delay. A cry right. delay. Well, there was definitely crying by the afternoon. Mom too. Yes. I think it was the whole house at one point. Um, no. You Ryan, just didn't want to sleep. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of where we're at now. We're... Um, not consistently napping every day. Yeah. Um, chances of him going two days in a row are very rare. Okay. Um, and I really try to make sure it's not two days in a row just because that would be hectic. <laughs> and to the point where I might have to call Nana and Papa. <laughs> Take this thing. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's just something that I can't guarantee now is to have those two hours or hour and a half, however long he's going to nap for every day. Yeah. To either work out or uh, podcast. Yeah, yeah. Or even just to sit down and get my sanity back. <laughs> so. As I mean, Lucas is just, he's driving a train right now. 
Yeah, he's got a little video game train simulator in there. He's yeah. working his way through uh, London. and Yeah, he uh, switches back between driving a bus and driving a train. Guy's into his transportation. Yeah, um, he is. I mean, it's... Uh, so, yeah. uh, let me ask you that. Like, have you felt, as things have opened back up, as things have gotten less restrictive, you've said there have been some things you've been able to do now with your team or whatever, but has that kind of eased any... Uh, maybe stress is the wrong word, but just have you felt more like, okay, this is peaking at the right time. This is coming together at the right time. I feel like if we had to go through all that, I'm glad that we're getting at least a little bit here before we go where it's more open or has it, has it changed that much for you? No, not really. Um, for us, we're basically still following. I mean, we haven't got together much with the group, but we still have very strict protocols. Um, you know, it's a full bubble no contact really with each other except when we're training um and then even at home like uh i mean things have been open everything has been open now for a bit and um i went to the mall to pick up my rings that's it (laughs) um you know we had uh this was a bit when it was still just outdoor patios we sat at a patio one day Mm -hmm. and um you know it's basically been it it's still just grocery store or house really um, have you, look, I, the last time you were on, I, Amy likes to, there's a few things happening here. Amy's very humble sometimes when it comes to talking about herself or her career. Um, in the competitive environment, that humility seems to dissipate quickly and, uh, <laughs> the ego pushes her through a game and that's fine. That's how that's supposed to work. But you, when you were on last you were hesitant to talk about a couple things in terms of whether you would, you know, the team hadn't been officially announced. Oh, yet. our team has been announced yeah. since the last time. Guys, I'm going to Tokyo. <laughs> in case you haven't figured it out. I yet. forgot that. Um, and, and so even when I post the episode, I get texts from Amy that are like, it sounds too much like I'm already going. You can't say that. And I'm like, and it said, as Amy prepares for Tokyo, I believe was the phrasing. Possibly. And you were like, it needs to be more like, as Amy prepares to try to go to Tokyo <laughs> or whatever. And look, Amy won't say this. Amy's the top player in the country in her sport of goalball. There was not a chance in hell she wasn't going short of punching one of the COC- CPC officials in the face or something like that. That would be very mean of me. Yeah, and not great for your career no, ambitions. No, probably not. But it makes me a little crazy, right, that I have to, like, tiptoe around the most obvious goddamn thing in the world. Now that it's official, uh, that you are going to Tokyo, um, and you've been officially named captain of the team, correct yeah it's right Even though yeah. you've essentially been the captain again for now a very it's official. long time it's yeah. official um will you admit that that maybe it was a little over the top nope. the hoops you were making me jump through? nope no i don't i don't at all because it's one of those things you know our team gets recommended to cpc and then cpc makes the final decision um so you know our team was recommended on who was going um, a few months before the team was official. So I knew I was up for recommendation. And uh-huh. it's just one of those things that we follow. I mean, you have to wait. You know, we're not um, we're not the goalball team that's going. Well, we are. But I mean, like, we are under the Canadian Paralympic Committee umbrella. So therefore, it's their right to 
announce who's going as part of Team right. Canada. And but we I, and weren't looking to make the announcement. We were just stating the obvious. I know, we? but still, you have when to. When Hockey wait. Canada recommends to the Canadian Olympic Committee that Sidney Crosby go, we all already knew that was yep. going to happen. Doesn't matter. <laughs> I stand by what I did. Um, and I'll do it again. I know you. <laughs> Punt it off. I'm the out show of my beer first. here. Okay. <laughs> it's gone. It's just the little cans. I know, right? and it's hot outside. <laughs> it is hot outside. Um, I've just been playing with an empty can under the table. <laughs> this is it. This is your last one. Did I beat you? Yeah. Oh, geez, you well, I've, been ta- I've been talking. Me more too. Than you. I talk and drink. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> um, you know how we do those little clips at the beginning of the show? That might be your one this, for this episode. Um, you know what? <laughs> it's. Despite the fact that this was the most obvious thing in the world, whether you're going to admit it or not, do you still get a, a thrill out of it becoming official when they actually name the team? Or even with your refusal to not admit it, did you already know, like, all right, this is happening and, and I'm just waiting on a formality? What is the day like when they announce the team? Okay, so our name was announced, I think it was at 1 p.m. Eastern. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I knew it was going to be at 1 p.m. And... Even from 11 o'clock on, I still kept refreshing my phone just in case it was announced earlier. And the team hadn't even been announced for five minutes. And my phone is already blowing up. So, I mean, it's still, yes, I knew, um, yes, it's going to be my fourth games. But the excitement when the team was officially announced was unreal. Yeah. Because it's, it, it's official, mm-hmm. you know, and... No one other than really my uh, immediate family um, were told even of the recommendation. You can go ahead and assume all you want. Um, but what happens when you assume, Matt? We're doing this. I can't believe we're pretending. I know. That it's people a thing. didn't know. No, I know. But it's just one of those things, right? It's something that we were asked to follow. And I, I'm a, a I understand follower. you're a good soldier and I am. all these things. But it was exciting. It was very exciting. You know, I had, um, they must have an alert on me um, in PEI. Um, but I actually had the reporter, um, one girl, uh, Laura Chapin from CBC Island Morning, and um, her and I have been texting for probably the last three months. And constantly it would just be like, oh, is your team announced yet? When's it going to be announced? Are you going? Are you this? And I'm just like, I can't. I, I have no comment on the matter. Um, I'm told that it will be announced at this date. And then that got it's postponed. So- and it's just one of those things. And um, so I, sh- I should tell the listener here because because you're a member of our of the TCA team, right? You're the you're the voice who brings us in and out. You you co-host, you guest, you you've been around since like the first couple weeks of this show. When this is all going on and the other media outlets and everything are texting, is this official yet? Do we know? Amy doesn't listen to our show very often, right? There has to be a big guest. She hears enough of me. She doesn't need more of it in her (laughs) headphones, whatever. While everyone else is going, we're just over there, like, congratulations, Nate. Like, just assuming, right? We're talking about Canadian Paralympian coming forward. Enough of this stuff. <laughs> like, I love that everybody's following all these official rules for you and everything. And Well, maybe you should follow the official rules. God, Amy, has there ever been a part of this show that felt like we followed the typical media rules? Maybe I'll stop telling you things. Well, you didn't tell me you'd been officially, uh, what was the word? Recommend. Recommended. You didn't tell me that. Maybe I just nominated. Knew. Maybe it's nominated. I think it is nominated. Yeah, it's nominated. It was just common sense. Yeah. yeah. 
but it was it was exciting. Heads up, everybody! Connor McDavid will get consideration for next year's Winter Olympic hockey team. Or are they going? Don't tell anybody. <laughs> it's don't want to jinx it. Don't want to assume anything. But it was exciting. Just like go back to that. Yes. And um, I mean, the local support at home is just unreal. Um, what is that like? Because you have lived in Ottawa since '08. Yeah, October of '08. But you are still a proud. Islander, a, yes, hundred percent. Charlottetowner, you still. It says on all your documents I when make, these things I come make out. I make sure that yeah. it says Charlottetown, PEI on all my stuff, and not Ottawa, Ontario. And they make sure of it too. Mm-hmm. In everything, like whenever there's one of these, it doesn't have to be a Paralympic Games announcement. When you go to, a, um, you know, a Pan Ams or whatever it might be, the number of articles and interviews and stuff coming off the island has not shrunk since you left there. It might have actually increased. And they take a tremendous amount of pride in the fact that the Canada's top female goalball player is... A Charlottetown native. Yes, is an Islander. They clearly love that too. What does that support from home mean to you? And, and you know, are you surprised that it hasn't faded over the years? No, I mean, we're they're, uh, we're a small little island. And I say it as if I'm still living there. Um <laughs> And, um, you know, they're proud of the talent that comes out of it. Um, I've been nominated for several uh, Sport PEI awards in the past. And, um, you know, it's just, they just, you know, they, they just love the talent that's coming out of the island. It's such a small island, such a small population of the country. And we've had big names, you know, like Heather Moise mm-hmm. and Eli McCachran and Brad. Um, Gushu. No. <laughs> <laughs> What's the hockey player? Oh, Brad Richard. Brad, there we go. <laughs> Such big names, I forgot his last yeah. name. It was so um, big on the island, we just call him Brad. Well, McQuaid. <laughs> yeah. Adam McQuaid. Yes. You know, there's so many, there, there's just some big names coming out of the and they're proud of it. You know, we're not as big as, you know, the amount of athletes that are coming out of Ontario and Quebec and, and Western Canada. And it's, it's nice that they take pride in that. And um, like I said, my phone was going off the going crazy within five minutes of the team officially being announced. And one of the reporters from the guardian at home, um, him and I talked for about 40 minutes and, um, and I did a 5 a.m. Uh, no, I think it was 5:30 a.m. Uh, live radio interview with them two days, uh, the next day after the team was announced. And, um, you know, they were, they didn't want to ask me to get up that early and it didn't matter to me. Like I'll gladly do it. Ryan's going to ask you to get up that early anyway. No, I can usually get about six 30. Um, <laughs> But uh, there was supposed to be a dentist appointment for him mm. that day, so I want it to work out and everything beforehand. Right. But um, but no, I mean, um, you know, they're they're hoping to talk to me throughout the games and and um, and upon return and all that stuff, and and I'll make time for the for the folks at home just because you know the the support from them just means a, it means a lot. Uh, the last thing I want to ask you about here before we take just a quick little break, there's been a ton of talk, Amy, on. Where this country stands right now on several indigenous issues. And we've kind of been forced to maybe face something that we, we turn our back on pretty often. Um, as, as we've had these, you know, these grave sites turn up at some of the, uh, the indigenous schools. And it's been really difficult for a lot of people to try and figure out how am I supposed to feel about this? What is my role in you know, helping Canada come to terms with this and, and be better moving forward? We clearly have an imperfect past, and it flies in the face of the story that we like to tell ourselves about Canada, right? That, that we are this welcoming country, and, and we are, 
in comparison to many other places, right? We we do okay in terms of um, settling immigrants and, and welcoming them into this country. But there's stuff here at home that we have to face. And there was some talk heading into Canada Day that maybe we shouldn't celebrate Canada Day. And some people chose not to. Um, some people, you know, still marked the occasion, but used it as a moment for reflection and, you know, what Canada is, what it can be, and, and maybe our level of honesty to ourselves about it. And, and some people, you know, chose to carry on as they always would have. I don't really have an opinion on what the what right way to approach that was, but I wonder, as someone who's so much of her identity is tied up in representing this country all the time, and, and you can see it, you know, I, I don't know what the percentage is, but it's high, the percentage of time that I see you and you're wearing some sort of Canada gear from one of your games, um, you know, the, the photos I see of you all the time, because you've done this for so long of you in a Canadian jersey or in front of the flag or whatever it may be, your identity for a very long time has been tied to our flag and our country and being proud of that. And I just wonder, as we move through a time like this, how much of that registers for you as a representative of this country, someone who wants to proudly you know, represent this flag, but understanding we have some things that we shouldn't be completely proud of as you get ready to go represent Canada again, sort of how does this fit in for you or where, where do your thoughts kind of come down on all this right now? Well, I will always be proud to represent Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, no country is perfect and every country has a past and, you know, you can say the same, you know, Obviously, everything that has been going on, I think, is tremendously horrible and sad. And it's very hard to wrap your head around it. Um, And I think it's as long as we learn from those past mistakes. And um, you're right. I don't know what the what the honest, you know, what the best decision was for Canada Day. I know for us, we still celebrated it. Mm -hmm. You know, we are proud Canadians. We are we wouldn't live anywhere else. Um, and I think as long as the country learns from that history, like from that past, right? And I think we are moving in the right direction, but, you know, it, it's like anything. You reflect on it along, you know, like 30, 40, 50 years later and you determine, hey, what we did was not cool. Um, you know, it's, it's a very sad and horrible thing um, reading those articles. And I had to stop reading it because it was just awful and um but yeah it's just i will always be proud to be canadian i will always be proud to wear the maple leaf and um to me this country is just so so good for multicultural stuff and i think it's just you know you 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 just really have to learn from that past and is there a moment in some of these games where Obviously, you know, before you're getting ready to take the court, before you're in warm-up, you know, these sorts of things, your mind is on the game. You're getting focused. You're getting, making sure your body's ready to go. Is there a time, whether it be before or during an opening ceremony or on the flight over there or just somewhere in the day or two leading up to, that you ever allow yourself to stop and think about the weight of representing a nation? And if so, how deep... Do you allow that to go in the sense that, you know, 
when you represent Canada, there's a lot of Canadas, right? We have a French Canada. We have an indigenous Canada. We have a multicultural Canada. You're representing a lot of people. And in that moment, do you allow yourself to think, and in maybe more so this year than, than in past years with what we've been forced to look at, is there a sense of, I really hope I'm representing all Canadians? I try not to really get deep into that. Um, it tends to stress me out and make me more anxious. Um, right. Yeah, like it's... For me, I'm I, I'm a people pleaser, eh? So in the past when our team hasn't succeeded, I take that as a failure. Whereas tons of people in this country tell me I should just be honored with the fact that I've been to the games and that I was considered, you know, our team was considered one of the best in the world. Mm -hmm. But to me, it's a failure because we didn't podium. Right. Right. So um, I try not to think about it because it just, it kind of raises my anxiety. Mm -hmm. And um, that's something that I tend to like to keep down. (laughs) I'm trying to prepare. Sure. Do you have any thought of that now? Like, does it, I guess my question would be, does it feel different to you at all this year, given the moment that the nation is going through than it has in, in any past years? Or is there a more of a, an awareness of, of, you know, what the flag you're carrying might mean or anything like that? No. 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 And I, and I, and yeah, I, I yeah, I feel. But that's fine. Like <laughs> okay. it's, no, it's a fair, it's a fair answer, right? I, I just, I'm, I'm curious as we kind of move through. You know, you're someone who's always taken so much pride in representing this country that I wondered if if that had taken a hit at all over the last little bit. No, because I think as long as we learn from the past, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just it's it's one of those things. You know, I'm fortunate enough to be one of the the few people. Well, I, few people as in there's a lot of people, comparatively speaking. Yeah. Um, to just be able to represent the country. So for me, it's just, it's always been an honor and I think it always will be an honor unless for some reason they deport me somewhere and then maybe. <laughs> Back to <Spud> Island. <laughs> no, I'd go back there. Yeah, I know you would. In a heartbeat if you could, I think. Well, uh, especially during all this COVID stuff, man. I I could have basically they didn't my want you. They didn't want you back. No, well, if I would have quarantined, I could have went. <laughs> yes, that's true. Uh, the, uh, the Spud Island and most of the Maritimes did a much better job through this uh, than we did here in Ontario. Why don't we leave it there for just a second? We'll take a quick break and we'll come back. We'll talk about some lighter stuff, Amy, than, uh, than some of the heaviness here in the last little bit. Okay. I'm proud to be Canadian. We may not have a fancy NFL team or prince, but we invented Trivial Pursuit. You're welcome, Earth. In Canada, you can go to an all-nude strip club and order alcohol. That's right. From Moose Jaw to the Bay of Fundy, you can suck down a 20-ounce Pilsner while watching some coal miner's daughter strip down to her pelt. Jealous. In Canada, people don't care where you're from. As long as you're friendly and maybe loan them a smoke or hand over a donut. I'm proud to be from the Great White North. All right, we're back in with Canadian Paralympian Amy Burke, who is now officially going to... Don't say it like that. Smart not say what I want. <laughs> um, on the Talkin Audio podcast, Amy Burke will head for Tokyo in uh, in August to represent Canada at the Paralympic Games. And I guess why don't we start here because we're starting to see, um, you know, some of the early returns on what it's been like for people rolling into Canada or into Tokyo for the games. Not many people coming here right now. 
Uh, but heading into the games, what has been like for some of the media? What has been like for some of the athletes as we start to get set um, for the Olympic Games? And one of the first ones that I saw was from a member of the Canadian women's soccer team. Her name is Stephanie Labe. And she sort of ran through in a Twitter thread, uh, which we'll share at Tall Can Audio on Twitter. Uh, she sort of ran through what it was like for her. And she painted a very, you know, clean and easy picture of sort of rolling in. You're into the airport. You're kept separate from everyone else. Um, as you work through the process, you're taking out, taken out to your own bus to go to the village. And, you know, there was multiple buses so that there was room to socially distance. Uh, when you got in there, you're sort of isolated to your own floor. Um, and I think there was one other area, uh, the dining area, I'm sure, was uh, whatever. But, you know, very, you know, isolated, as uh, everyone knew was going to be the case. There were volunteers sitting there making sure politely that you didn't leave your floor or your area to go socialize or go uh, engage in any tourism. Um, but there was also a report from uh, Devin Haru of the, I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name, Haru, Haru, it's something like that from uh, the CBC anyway. And he covers all kinds of uh, Olympic games. He's been around for a while. He does an awesome job, despite my inability to pronounce his name, um, that it maybe wasn't quite as smooth for the media when they started rolling in, um, that it took several hours uh, Bruce Arthur reported the same thing from the Toronto Star to get through the airport. Some of the uh, the testing wasn't great. Some of your records weren't always showing up smoothly. Um, there was a media guy or two. It's been reported that they kind of were forgetting to feed when he was being isolated from Aww, <laughs> whatever. That's guy. not a great look. <laughs> um, you know, you've been warned, and warned is... That's too alarming. I don't want to paint it. But you've been told ahead of time what this is going to look like when you go, that, that this is what it is. It has to be, right? They're trying to keep you separated from the public and, and just in this kind of Olympic, Paralympic bubble. Uh, as you're starting to see some of these first reports come out, some good, some bad, does it feel any different than other games? Because we've seen reports before Rio, you know, these, this building's not finished and the plumbing over here. Heck, the balcony almost fell apart in my uh, building in that, Rio. That's not ideal. Uh, the sink <laughs> fell off the wall. Jeez. Giant concrete slab. Sochi was going to be the end of the world. It was going to be attacked by terrorists and it wasn't finished and there were wild dogs everywhere. You couldn't even walk around apparently. And once these, once everybody arrives, the games just carry on like they always do, right? Sometimes it's a little bit last minute getting everything finished but it almost always goes off without a hitch. As you're watching these first reports come back, and, and obviously this is the first one with the added wrinkle of COVID, has anything surprised you, or is this sort of always the way you saw this playing out? No, uh, this is the way I've seen it play out. Um, you know, we've been told what to expect when we arrive, um, and we've been told anywhere from three to six hours to get through the airport. And um, sounds like just held me. <laughs> well, and the, the big thing with the Olympics and the Paralympics is you're always told to just it's it's basically a hurry up and wait game, right? Yeah. So um, I think this is going to be less hectic on me than or stressful on me than um, people who are attending the games for the first time because you know I've been to opening ceremonies where you're basically waiting for three hours outside the stadium before you even go in, mm -hmm. right? So. You know, and and um, I'm definitely going to make sure my phone is charged um, before <laughs> getting off the plane. Couple battery packs in the bag. Um, but no, I mean, I'm. Um, you know, we we were told it was going to be three to six hours because you have to get tested. Uh, we're showing proof of vaccinations. Um, there's two apps that you have to have downloaded and shown that you know how to use before mm -hmm. you're even allowed to leave the airport. Um, 
Uh, what other stuff? Uh, it, it's just go. And I mean, I think everybody on your plane has to be tested and um, results back before you can proceed. So it's from everything that I've seen has been basically what they've told us. Um, so, you know, it's, it's usually uh, when we arrive um, at the previous games in Rio London and, and whatnot, it's been a relative, I think the longest part going through the airport was trying to find the bags because, you know, all of Team Canada has the same bag, right? So oh, it's trying to God. find which one is yours. Yes, that's part of um, the, the swag bag or the, you know, before every game, every athlete gets your uniform and podium wear and ceremony wear and whatever else. For people who don't know, there is a, it's bigger than a duffel bag, but there is it's a, a... It's a good size suitcase. Yeah, and there's an official bag. Previously, yeah, pre- previously... I hadn't even considered. Well, because pre- previously <laughs> we've been getting the, 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 the kick there. Um, okay. So I guess London, we got it there. Um, even I think when it was you just, arrived. Yeah, yes. like it was in our room waiting for us. So um, <laughs> I guess it was Here's Lima. There's a plane full of Canadian athletes showing up with the same bag. Yeah, and so I guess it was Lima um, in 2019 at the Pan Ams. Uh, it was the first time we had our stuff before going. Right. So I, I guess I was just thinking about that. But it was literally just so many yeah, of the same nightmare. bag going around. And we they literally had it set up that they just had like four people from whoever was on our flight, right? They yeah. just started taking off all the Canada bags. Yeah. And they all have our names on them. Like we have our yeah. own tags start on yelling them. yelling out names. And they would, they would, but it would have our sport. Okay. So they would start dividing it up by sport. Okay. So they made it so much easier than what it could have been. But right. coming home is always a hassle. <laughs> Because, and that's what it is. It's coming home because we usually get our kits when we're there, right? Yep. It's just, you're sitting in the Toronto airport with like, hundred people know. on that flight. Well, exactly. And they're all the same bag and it's yeah. just like, oh my God. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So I, I think that's usually the longest part in the airport. Um, so we're basically getting the hurry up and wait, uh, going right from the get go. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think for me, that's not going to be the end of the world. I mean, I'd rather make sure that I am COVID free. And I mean, for us, we have to go through, I'm pretty sure it's for everybody, you have to go through, through two um, PCR tests before even getting on your flight. Right. Um, so I'm not looking forward to that at all. Is that I the have, one up your nose? It's the very deep one up yeah, your exactly. nose. I've had the rapid test up my nose. Yeah. Um, this is the brain tickler. Yeah. It ends up almost like in the back of your throat from yeah. what I'm told. Tyler yeah. tells me it's not the end of the world and people are babies, but I'm going to continue to just be a baby until I get it done. But, um, so, I mean, you know, you get two tests before going and... Should talk to Tyler about needles. Not needles, blood work. <laughs> yeah. Needles, he's fine. <laughs> um, but, uh... Telling other people not to <laughs> <laughs> Others are just babies. Yes. Um, but yeah, so it's, you know, everything that I've seen has basically been told, has been what we've been told. So, um... Yeah, I mean, we can kind of prepare beforehand, but it's, uh, yeah, it's just one of those things where, you know, instead of doing the hurry up and waiting for the opening ceremonies when yeah. you're just standing outside for three plus hours waiting to just march in, it's just going to start at the airport. And and if it means a potentially safer entry, mm-hmm. then I'm I, I, I'm all for it. Uh, elephant in the room. It does make our travel day very, very long. I though. can only imagine. Um, the elephant in the room that we should mention as we sit here right now is we're seeing cases within athletes in the village now for the Olympic Games. It's not flooding, it's not overwhelming, but I think we're up to five this morning. Athletes who inside the village have tested positive. Now, we did reference a few minutes ago that you have those polite volunteers saying, hey, you don't get to go to that other floor 
or you don't get to co-mingle with whatever. They're, they're keeping groups together. So in theory, this shouldn't spread like a wildfire, would be my thought. It might take out an entire team, right? Like if you are whatever, the Belgian soccer team... Well, see, and, if you and, have it on your floor, you could have passed it along. But just let me finish before, because I do want to give you the floor here to, yeah. to argue this or whatever you want to do with it. We've seen a couple of British athletes have to isolate because people on their plane tested positive. It wasn't them themselves, but they've now been pulled aside and said, you got to go wait, which is the right thing to do. Um, we're also seeing staff. I think we're up to 40 some odd staff tied to the game, 60 some odd staff tied to the games who are maintenance people, our volunteers, our transportation people, whatever they might be, and also testing positive. And those will be people that aren't isolated in the village, right? They'll come and go every day. And I'm sure there are protocols. You're supposed to go straight home and, and whatever might be the case. But we are seeing cases. And it feels to me, Amy, like the next day or two, as we sit here Tuesday afternoon and record, will be the tipping point on how this is going to go. Let's say, I believe the number is five right now, right? If tomorrow... Maybe it's five. Maybe it's nobody tomorrow. But, you know, for the next couple of days, we see five or less cases. It's probably going to trend down. It will be unfortunate for those athletes and the games will carry on fine. If tomorrow it's six and then the next day, maybe nine, it's clearly now spreading. And now you have a conversation to have about whether or not you need to shut all this down. Right. Because obviously we know how this goes. It grows. Right. And, and so. This was always going to be the hardest part, getting everyone from their country on international flights through the airport and into this bubble. That's always going to be... the di And if you succeed, you're probably going to be fine. Um, when we saw the NBA and the NHL run their bubbles last summer, everyone got in clean and then you knew you were going to be fine because there were no cases in the bubble. Does it feel that way to you? Like, right now, because it's in the village... This could tip either way, or did you always expect to see cases and this won't be an issue? Like, where's your mind at with this right now? So I expected there to be cases. Okay. Um, the floor thing that you're referencing, I think that's the soccer team at a hotel. So they weren't in the village when they were talking about, you know, being restricted to their floor and whatnot. Because um, in the village, you can come and go freely throughout the village. Okay. But um, I thought for the first 24, 48 hours, whatever it's supposed to be, even in the village, you were supposed to... I, that's not from what we've been told anyway. Okay. Well, I, I mean, that, you would that have could, a better handle than me. That could just be stuff that I haven't been told yet, right? Okay. Um, but the way I read that tweet yeah. um, was they were at a staging camp. Okay. And um, I, I could be wrong. But um, no, I expected there to... I did expect that there was going to be a few cases show up because even if, you know, doing the two, the two tests before departing your country, mm -hmm. um, if you're not at that seven-day mark yet, Right. You're not going to show symptoms, right? right? Or or have enough of the antibody or whatever it is that's... Sure, triggering the Triggering the, the yeah. So, um, people getting it upon arrival, I totally figured was going to happen. It's how many people and the fact that if people are being masked, mm -hmm. like they should... I do believe that if someone in your team has it, there's a damn good chance your whole team is going to end up gonna having be done. it. Yeah. Um, just because, I mean, I, I can say for our team, we're going to be masked the whole time, except for, well, I guess in our apartment. Yeah. Um, assuming it is the six of us all in one room or apartment. Yeah. Um, we're not going to wear a mask in our apartment. Um, no, cause you're not wearing one on the floor together. You're not one wearing one, you know, in your pregame warmups, either one, like 
if it's in your group, it's in your group or exactly. it's not. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, we're fortunate enough that all of us are double vaccinated. Um, and that, that could be with the people that are testing positive there. Yep. I, mean, I don't know. No, you can test positive. It just means even once vaccinated. Yep. You just we, won't get no, sick, but I just right? more so meant we don't know if the people that have tested positive are vaccinated no, that's or right. not. They um, say 85% they expect right now of the residents of the village are double vaccinated. Yeah. So, you know, maybe these five are in the 15%. Yep. Who knows? Um, so I do, with all of the protocols in place for the actual village, I find it hard on how it's going to, to see how it's going to spread. Um, but that being it's said, it's resilient. It's a tricky little bastard. It is. And, and this is the thing, right? Like I don't fully we don't know. Exactly. Yeah. And it, it, it's all of the unknown. Yeah. Maybe it is on a table. Like, I don't know. Sure. Have we determined that it just lives on tables? <laughs> Like, well, I whatever. don't know. <laughs> floating around in a bathroom that somebody uses after you, right? Sure, it, right. It can hang and in the air for a some while. Some people decide that they're going to take their mask off for a break. Yeah. Like we were told fully on the airplane going to Japan, do not go to the bathroom and take your mask off for a break because that's what people are doing. Mm-hmm. And if they have the COVID, the airplane bathroom is actually already a place gross. I would already be rather be wearing a mask. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, it's you know, I I did expect numbers. Yeah. I don't expect it to continue to spread. Yeah. But. That being said, I, I like I do feel like all the protocols in place are going to help that. But if people are, are being relaxed with it, like I read something that said, I think it was a Brazilian athlete was fist bumping people in the airport. Yeah. Like, you're just an idiot. When a Ugandan athlete was found walking around town, just, I don't know how he got out. Like, you're oh, supposed to be well, stuck one, in the one village. Guy, one guy escaped. Yes, it, it exactly. Sounds like he's, no, like he like left. Yeah. Like gone. He's not come back. I think one's a weightlifter who... Uh, this guy, uh, what was this? They don't guy? know he'll be thrown out or what's going to happen, oh, but you're not supposed to leave the village, right? No, you're not this guy, like, used the Olympics to escape his country. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. yeah no, that's was, a different Yeah, thing. no, this, this is has been That's different. been happening. Guys defect all over the place <laughs> and whatever. No, I, oh, I read this yesterday. I was, like, all like, whoa, good for him. Yeah. But, um. So, were you surprised today that um, the head of the organizing committee said he still hasn't ruled out an 11th hour cancellation because they have said uh, Thomas Bach and the IOC who's been holding the city of Tokyo hostage for a while. We talked about that last time, right? The rules in place to cancel Olympics. It's not easy. <laughs> no, it's um, you basically... You forfeit billions of dollars. Yeah, you like face it's, a it's massive awful fine or Unless something. the IOC agrees with you and they clearly don't because they have money to be made here. So were you surprised today that he... Because I kind of figured they're there now. Like you're in and you're off and running and i for a long time thought there was a chance this would get called off once people started getting on flights i was like all right i guess we're doing this thing and i still think that is the plan i still think that is the assumption but if it starts to grow maybe you don't have a choice i i was surprised though i'll be honest with you even as someone who's been very skeptical that all this is going to work i was surprised that one of them publicly said today to the media yeah we could still cancel it no, I wasn't. Okay. Because it's been an you ongoing... You disagreed with me on everything we discussed today. But, but we've you, had... <laughs> you have the book. You have the playbook. You have the whatever. That's why you're here. Well, and that's the thing. If if there's an outbreak in the village, they can't host the games. Right. Right? But it's been a... As much as, you know, we've been saying it's a team joke, I am still not convinced the Paralympics are happening. We will be in our fourth game, and I'm still not convinced it's going to finish. <laughs> And, you know, they've made the joke that we'll be on our way home and I will still tell you that I'm convinced it's going to be canceled. Well, so this circles back to the last time you were on. Your thought was, or your, not your, an idea was the Olympics happen 
but it's a little rocky and this is expensive to do and they just blow off the Paralympics. It's the secondary one. It would be easier to cancel. Is that yeah. sort of... So now I said to you this morning in a text message, I almost wonder the opposite. When, if this goes down in flames and I look, I, I do agree with you. They've already invested in getting everybody there. They will, unless... Unless, like, the village is literally on fire with COVID, they're going to do this. But I wonder that that extra month, month and a half, whatever it is, to get more people vaccinated, first of all, before they go to the Paralympics, could be huge. To get more Japanese vaccinated before everybody goes there. And just lessons learned. Here's where we could see it was this one thing we kept doing wrong that allowed the virus into the village. And we could stop that before the Paralympics. I almost wonder... If the opposite turns out to be true, that lessons learned and the extra time may benefit the Paralympics. Well, and, and like I told you this morning, it had never crossed my mind for something like that to happen. Mm -hmm. Even though I read um, when they first announced or when they just announced um, two weeks ago or whatever it was that no fans were going to be allowed in yes. the venues. They had sent out a, uh, a press release shortly after that said they were going to revise it for the Paralympics okay. because an extra month you know, could mean that, you know, I, I, I'm pretty sure the state of emergency in Tokyo right now was put in for precautions. Um, and then, I mean, granted, they're still having a lot of cases a day and whatnot. But um, if they can get a handle on it, it's very possible that for the Paralympics come August 25th, that they can have fans at opening ceremonies or in venues, you know, at 50% capacity, which what they were originally thinking. So, Reading that, I find it crazy that it never dawned on me that, you know, if the Olympics fall apart, that there still is a chance for them to regroup, figure out what went wrong and how to fix that for the next set of games. Well, it's almost that inferiority complex that we all who've worked in the Paralympic system have for a while, right? That it's the secondary thing. And if one doesn't happen, they'll just scrap the other one, right? It's hard to, it's hard to imagine you know, they'll prioritize the second one, right? That's all. And yeah, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, yeah. <laughs> part of it, right? Like, yeah, for sure. And I mean, you know, part of the whole Paralympic thing is that they run alongside yes. the Olympics, and I feel like we're still not there yet. Yeah, for people who aren't aware, a lot of people assume the Paralympic thing is is some sort of take on, like, impaired, right, or or whatever. It's It stems from parallel. It's supposed to run alongside the Olympic Games, and that's where the name comes from. So. Yeah, and I think in reality, we're still not there yet on no, that no. concept. So it's just easy to think, hey, if the Olympics aren't happening, well, then the Paralympics aren't happening, you know? And, you know, if the Olympics, as much as I don't want it to happen, um, and I really feel like with the protocols in place that they can run as successful games, you know, it could still backfire on them. Sure. Right? And, you know, if a month... The, the virus doesn't care if we want to wrestle or run 100 meters exactly. or whatever. Exactly. It's going to do whatever the hell it wants. <laughs> yes. This is what we've learned. Yes. And um, so, yeah, I mean, if, if, if things go to shit and a month later, you know, they've had more research and more knowledge of how to successfully run it. Sure. Then awesome. The Olympics is the test event. Exactly. Look at this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you, <laughs> do you think, I'll be totally honest with you, and, and you know this, as do most of the listeners, I don't want, I think this is a bad idea. I, I just, even if you can keep it out of the village, everybody then goes back home to their own countries. Like this seems like the easiest possible, not guaranteed, but possible super spreader, right? Um, 
I'm sort of feeling that as we get towards this. You know me. I, I'm an Olympic guy. I, I, I love this stuff. I, I suddenly care. Like, I'm the guy, I'm the asshole sitting on his couch with a beer telling some 17-year-old diver, oh, see, over-rotated. <laughs> I haven't ever watched that sport before in my life. I ah, your know. toes weren't pointed. Exactly. I'm like, no, not good enough. And it's like personal best for them, and you're like ninth best in the world, and me, old fat guy with a beer on his couch, is like... You Making really, chips resting you on really his chest. really let us down here. Yeah, exactly. Covered in Cheetos dust or something. <laughs> Sour like, cream and onion. You really let us down, right? I'm that guy. I get into the Olympics in a big way. I'm not excited for this. I think part of it is the time, right? Like it's overnight. The, the time zones are rough for this one. Um, I think the idea of an opening ceremony is a bad one. I think the last time you were on, we talked about maybe they would still do the show in the stadium for TV, but skip the athletes march right where you bring all these people who've just gotten off of their flights into one stadium to me that's a bad idea and just how annoyed i am with you know the the people of japan have said we don't want this the medical organizations of tokyo have said we don't want this it feels crappy to me right now and i'm not as excited as I normally would be. Now, we talked about this juxtaposition the last time you were on, that I am able to separate that to still cheer for you, right, to support my friend when she goes to do this and want to see her do well. But as a fan for these games, for the Olympics, I just got nowhere near the buzz that I normally would. I'll watch what I have to for the show, because obviously it's going to be a topic of discussion, but I'm just not anywhere near as engaged are you feeling any sort of, you know, obviously you're training your ass off, you're preparing for your games, you know, you're giving it everything you have like you always would to prepare for the Paralympic Games. Where do you stand as a fan on where the Olympics are right now? Are you feeling any of that crunch or is this the same for you that, like, I can't wait to see this? I'm excited. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of it is coming from, I have, uh, you know, friends on social media that are at the games right now. And, you know, they're posting how things are going. Uh, they're posting pictures. And... Like, this is always a thing for you when you've been on before. You kind of build your, oh, man, that's going to be me in a month. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, and she's just there as a... She's a media attache. Mm -hmm. And um, so she's not an athlete. But it's it's just, you know, I've been following her because I know she's there. So I, I you know, I, every day I go looking to see, you know, what new things does she have on from Tokyo? Sure. And, um, that excites me. Yeah. Uh, the fact that, you know, I, I, uh, Air Canada has this sick plane that they're flying the athletes over in and it's got gold decals on it that says flying so like the flag. soul plane. Did you ever see that terrible movie? No, I have It's like a bar upstairs and it's like a nightclub. And no. <laughs> it's Snoop's airline or something. It was a terrible movie. <laughs> yeah, you're not selling it. Um, but I mean, like, so those type of things get me excited. You know, it's just gold decals that says flying the flag and it says go Canada, go. Right. And um, you see that, you know, athletes have landed. Um just the other day was the first time the whole basketball team was together since February. Right. And you see the stories about the moms that, you know, had just recently had babies and now they're there. And, and it's just that type of stuff reading just gets me so pumped and excited that these games are going on. Mm -hmm. Um, as skeptical as I am slash was sure. early on, yep. um, COVID kind of has been put in the back of my mind. Um, and I don't know. It almost has to be. Yeah. And I mean, that could just be because I'm double vaxxed and a lot of people that I socialize with, which isn't very many people, but I mean, they're all double vaxxed and, um, 
so I know it's still very bad in parts of the world. Um, you know, we're starting to get a handle on it and, and seeing better numbers, but, um, I think it's here. just, yeah, here. Yeah. Only here. Yeah. Um, yeah. Other places it's getting bad again, yes. which is making me think we're going to have another fourth wave. Um, sure looks like it, but, um, but yeah, so it's just, you know, COVID is, I think because we're doing well here. Yeah. Um, and I tend to not look at the rest of the world. Um, <laughs> we're in our own bubble. Yeah. Um, it's making me excited. And the fact that there are athletes on the ground there now. And, um, you know, opening ceremonies are in, I don't even know the date Three right days. now. It's on Friday. Oh, I was going to say less than a week. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So they're coming up. Yeah. It's pretty um, soon. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, I'm just, I am very excited. And I think it's because there are athletes on the ground and I've been seeing pictures and yeah, you, been, you get the benefit of being able to envision yourself. Like I get to do this, right? Like I'm going to be there. I get to put on the flag. I get to. Well, and I'm just, I love the Olympic sports, right? Like, um, I don't follow much sports throughout any other year except for the Olympics. Right. You know, I love the swimming. I love the track. Um, uh, the women's soccer. You know what you I know, I'm pumped yeah. for women's soccer. Me too, actually. And the women's basketball, Canada, like, may have, for the first time in a lot, like, they may podium this year, which would be awesome. Yeah. Uh, and so you know what else I get into is the water polo. That's vicious, man. Like, the... I haven't actually... It's I, cool. I haven't seen like, much they're trying it. to score at each other. And you can set, like, under the water, they're, like, kicking each other in yeah, the thighs. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't vicious, be very good but, as a water polo. No. Well, I don't know. Mm, no, yeah. you wouldn't. I'd probably You'd bite people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah wow oh, can't man. believe we got that in there <laughs> That's, uh, let me ask you one last thing because i know we got to wrap up ryan will be uh, finishing up nap time here any minute now what do you expect in terms of both at the olympics and the paralympics in terms of quality of play because you just referenced the basketball team this has been the first time they've been together since february now most of them have been able to play in their own kind of leagues the wnba has been opened back up so there has been games but they haven't been together necessarily all over the world you just referenced some countries are in different places some are coming down some are going up in terms of number of cases lockdowns have been different rules for training have been different we don't know you don't know when in game one what your opponent's been able to do in comparison to you in terms of training and preparing and competing against each other at other lead-up tournaments do you expect there to be a noticeable gulf between some countries do you expect certain teams to be worse off than maybe they would have been because of lack of training time together like what is your impression of how this will impact the quality of play at these games the fact that teams do get the time um before their games actually start to get like you know for team sports and whatnot you do get the few practices before the games begin um i can't make up for a year i know but (laughs) the fact that everyone is so determined this year yeah and trying to prove that they can still accomplish their dream mm-hmm. under the restrictions that the, we were under, I honestly would not be surprised if these are one of the best games. I'm shocked by that. I, yeah, you've got I a mean, better handle I think, on it than I, I do, think, but. and that's one of our thing. My thing is that you cannot take any team for granted no. this time around because you have no idea what the hell they've been doing. There has been no international competitions for basically all sports in the last year and a half. Right, and. You basically just, it's all of the unknown. Right. And for me, I find that to be hell of a lot more nerve wracking because you don't know what they've been doing. Yeah. And vice versa. They don't know what you've been able to do. Exactly. And, and, and that's, and that, and that's what it is. I wouldn't be surprised if just Hmm. it is fierce. Yeah. I'll be really interested to see whether or not some countries are noticeably behind others in terms of, and I mean, even right here, we've been locked down longer than a lot of, 
well, certainly longer than our southern neighbor, right? And uh, Have they been locked down? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's COVID? <laughs> um, what yeah. are these diapers you're having me put on my face? <laughs> we'll see what all that looks like. I, I wonder if we'll see in some sports. Uh, now, you are talking about the best teams, the best athletes in the world, right? They have They know how to cope. They know how to train better than, you know, your average whatever. But I'll be curious to see if there's like one team in any sport, field hockey or three-on-three basketball, rugby sevens, whatever it might be, where you're like, okay, that's New Zealand. And actually, that's a terrible example. I was going to say because they've been locked down so long, but that means while they've been locked down, they've been able to do whatever. Like, they're not locked down. They've just locked the rest of us out. Yeah. Which has been, quite frankly, brilliant. <laughs> yeah, for you're an island and able to do that. Yeah, exactly. It's like PEI, Apparently, I'm Yeah. So, you know, have they been able to keep practicing more or have they been hurt by a lack of competition more? You know what I'm saying? Like, there's just one team that maybe has had it harder than most and you can tell when we get up and running that, oh, uh, that's too bad, right? Like, they would have normally done better than this. Yeah, well, and then there's been... Um uh, there was one goalball tournament um, not too long ago in Lithuania. Right. And, you know, the U.S., Israel, I don't remember who else was there. Um, sure. But uh, there was just some scores out of there that you're like, what the hell? I saw that too. You know? You know? What's and happening there? Is that just people have gotten so well offensively in the year off that that's all they've been able, you know, that's something defense that... defense is suffering? Exactly. So rusty. it's Exactly. So it's, I mean, you could take that anyway. Sure. And I think a lot of, you know, what people are going to have to... When you look at those scores, knowing you're about to play those, do you basically just throw them out and go, I don't know what the hell that was. I can't even bother trying I don't to even look interpret at them. them. Yeah. Yeah. There is no interpreting that at all. Because, yeah. I mean, it could go one of two ways. And for look me, one it's... One of a bunch of ways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, for me, it's just, I cannot go into the mindset that, hey, look at where that score was. That, you hey, know, that, that means... might be weak right now. Exactly. Who knows? Yeah. No. So, for me, it's uh, it's a big, you can't take anything with a grain of salt right now. Yeah. Well, the birds are uh, are making their way in, Amy. Maybe we Clouds should fly in. Yeah, too. exactly. We we did manage to get this in. There was uh, a chance of rain, but we managed to uh, to get this in. It is getting closer and closer to the time when you're supposed to uh, to leave. We will try and squeeze one of these uh, one more of these in before you go, or maybe even while you're locked down in uh, you know on your floor or whatever's going to happen there in your apartment. Uh, we'll be able to get you on at some point uh, before the games kick off. Just see how everything has shaped up, see how the final prep has gone and uh, whatever. But we always get a ton of good feedback when you're on and, and people interested in your journey. And I think with the Olympics kicking off this week, you know, I think it's interesting insight what you just said there because, you know, I have one thought and you're the one sitting there in training. You're the one sitting there with the handbook. You're the one with a better handle probably on what this is going to look like, what athletes are going to go through, what quality of play might be. So I think it's really valuable when you can come on and share those perspectives. Yeah, well, I mean, thanks for having me. Maybe next time we just shouldn't look at my calendar. We should consult Ryan as well. Sure, we'll see whether um, Ryan's tired or not. Yeah, I mean, I mean you What know. his calendar looks like. Yeah, because <laughs> he might have a better handle on my flexibility than myself. Yes, uh, there's a... That's very possible. <laughs> um, just about time for uh, nap time to be over, so we should wind this one down. Uh, Amy, thank you. And thank you. All right. You can follow Amy on Twitter at BurkeAmy7. You can follow her team on any of their social media feeds. On uh, It's called Canadian Women's Goalball. So wherever you like to hang out on social media, just search for that. You'll be able to find her team's account, and I'm sure they'll be posting some things. Amy and I are going to have a conversation 
because last time she fell down on it a little bit, so maybe she'll say no this time. Maybe she'll say yes. Uh, we did ask her a couple times to post to the TCA Instagram story while she was gone, and and then she, I think she I got did that in, in Lima. Thank you. No, you did it in Rio. Mm. You got a little bit at the opening ceremony, and then someone asked you to stop. And no, so, I just got lazy. No, you said, ah, see, we're going to have a conversation mm. off air, folks. But you okay. said someone, like, it was while you were behind the scenes at opening ceremony. Oh, you yeah, 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 yeah. That sounds about right. Yeah, thank yeah. you. There's a media thing we have to follow. Right. So yeah. we'll we'll maybe talk to Amy and see, you, you know, at least in the lead up and the travel, whatever she might be able to do on our Instagram as well. So you can follow us. Uh, it's really just a cheap plug to get you to follow us at Talk and I on Instagram. Uh, we'll see what Amy's willing to do. And uh, not bad beer, eh? No, it's um, it's pretty good. The Lake Fever, the Tragically Hip, and uh, I would Big recommend Rock. it. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Uh, we will get out of here uh, the same way we have a couple times. I think we used this once before, twice before, once on Canada Day. Uh, there is a local band here in Ottawa called the Twin Flames. It is an Aboriginal group. They do a wonderful cover of the song Grace 2 by the Tragically Hip. I think it ties everything together fitting. quite nicely here. Yes, as we talk hip beer, we talk the indigenous issues that are kind of, you know, front of mind for Canadians again right now. And, uh, you know, Amy's Canadian Travels. It's all going to be... That's my favorite song, too. Yeah, I know. Yeah. You know, favorite hip song. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I had to back Thanks it for down clarifying there a that. Bit, but uh, it works good. It's a great cover. It's a great song. Um, this has been great, Amy. Really appreciate it as always. We will see the rest of you on the next episode of Tall Can Audio. See ya. He said, I'm fabulously rich. Come on, let's go. She kind of bit her lip Jeez, I don't know But I can guarantee There'll be no knock on the door I'm a total You can get more TCA at TallCanAudio.com or by searching TallCan Audio on your favorite podcast app. Get